0: You know, there's so much more in God's Word than we can ever imagine, isn't there? Just the more I've, I mean, I've been reading the Word ever since I was a little boy when I became a Christian and and then as a minister and studying it. And the more I read it, the more deep it is. There's more that's there. And we can never get enough of the Word, so it's good. I encourage you just to keep digging into the Word of God. It's living and life-giving for ourselves. And when we get something out of the Word of God, then we have something to give to other people, don't we? And that is really why we're here. It's not just to get something for ourselves, but out of the life that we have is to share that with other people as God leads us. So I want to read from John chapter 5, verses 31 to 47 john chapter 5 verses 31 to 47 and see what god has for us if i testify about myself my testimony is not true there is another who testifies in my favor and i know that his testimony about me is true you have sent to john and he has testified to the truth not that i accept human testimony But I mention it to you that you may be saved. John was a lamp that burned and gave light, and you chose for a time to enjoy his light. I have testimony weightier than that of John, for the works that the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I am doing, testify that the Father has sent me. And the Father who has sent me has himself testified concerning me. You have never heard his voice nor seen his form. Nor does his word dwell in you, for you do not believe the one he sent. You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. I do not accept glory from human beings, but I know you. I know that you do not have the love of God in your hearts. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not accept me. But if someone else comes in his own name, and you accept him, how can you believe since you accept glory from one another, but do not accept the glory that comes from the only God? But do not think I will accuse you before the Father. Your accuser is Moses, on whom your hopes are set. If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But since you do not believe what he wrote, how are you going to believe what I say? And that was from the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we pray that though your word is deep and rich, that we don't understand it unless you give us understanding, revelation by your Holy Spirit. So I pray that you would anoint this word, Lord. That you would stir it within our hearts and make it life. And may you anoint me that I would speak that which is from your heart. And I pray that each one here would hear that specific word. That life-giving word that you have for him. From him. So that we have life to give to others. And we thank you for this Lord in Jesus' name. There's something wonderful and secure. And secure about knowing who you are, just like Jesus did. Back in uh, when I was in the '70s, when I was at university, one of the things—and maybe they did it over here as well—was uh, these big groups of people trying to get to know them, who they are. So they'd sit around and do all these other things to find out who they were. And I'm sure that some of those people are still trying to find out who they are. Because they're all looking in the wrong places, aren't they? Jesus knew who he was. In this whole uh, chapter of John 5, it talked about what Jesus was trying to get across to the uh, religious leaders as well as to us today. Jesus knew who he was and didn't need someone else's testimony. Though John the Baptist recognized him from the moment he saw him, declaring that here was the Lamb of God. But Jesus knew that the religious leaders didn't accept his or John's testimony because their hearts were closed. Jesus' testimony came from the Father and from the works that he called him to do. Much can be gained from these verses to benefit of our for our lives but but there's one special thing that i want to mention first and just uh i'd done most of my notes and then i was reading it again i just kept rereading the word to see what god wants to say and one of the things that really caught me was just the beauty of jesus doing the father's will you know and i was thinking of a little child that just loved to please their parent And there's something beautiful about that, isn't there? And here, the beauty of Jesus just doing the Father's will. What a selfless and wonderful example for us in our Christian walk. A powerful witness to others of our love for God in a world demanding its own way. If only we would act the same way as Jesus. While the religious leaders made a show of their so-called piety to get the attention and admiration of others, Jesus didn't really care whether they liked him or not. He wasn't there to please them or the people, but to do the Father's will. Worrying about what other, others think can become an unbearable burden or a stumbling block, preventing us from doing God's will or hindering us from enjoying him. We like people to like us, don't we? We all do, don't we? You know, from the very beginning, children, and as we grow up, we want people to like us. And sometimes, you know, that's okay, you know, because we all need affirmation. But the thing is that when we become desperate, that we have to have somebody's approval. And that happens in church ministers, it happens in churches, people that don't do the will of God because they want to be accepted by some person or some group. But Jesus didn't really give a hoot what the religious leaders thought. He focused on Father God and pleasing him. He knew why he was sent and made this his priority. His works and obedience to the Father would testify to who he was and his authority to do them. Peter and John faced the same dilemma. Not long after being filled with the Holy Spirit. When they healed the man born lame. When they were on the way to the temple for the prayer meeting. And Acts 4 records that the religious leaders commanded them. Not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied. Which is right in God's eyes. To listen to you. to him you be the judges as for us we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard like jesus to do god's will was more important and this should be the same for you and me it doesn't mean we disregard people's feelings or close our hearts to wise counsel or constructive criticism none of us know it all i know some of us think we do but We all have blind spots, don't we? And for those that have spouses, you know that you have somebody to tell you if you don't recognize them. So we need other people, don't we? But we're to be led by what God desires, revealed in his word, not by popular opinion or someone's agenda, no matter their influence or position, government or otherwise. And we have that a lot, don't we? You know, We have government trying to tell us every aspect of our life and that really we're not supposed to believe what the Bible says, but life has gone on and the word of God is no longer relevant. But we need to believe, as Jesus did, what the word says. My grandmother, now with the Lord, who I loved and miss very much, wanted me to stay closer to home when I grew up where I grew up and used to tell me you know when she knew I was called to Scotland she used to declare well there's plenty of people to minister to in Oregon but uh, God wasn't calling me there he was calling me here and over the years different ones have tried to convince me of their idea of what I or my church should be doing or not doing I had to stick with what God revealed to me, as your fellowship needs to do the same. We can only stand steadfast in God's way for us when we understand his word, have a living and loving relationship with him, are teachable, and are led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads us into all truth so we understand his word, know his will, and have the confidence and power to live it out. The religious leaders were well educated in the scriptures, memorizing and studying them constantly. They knew. Some of them knew had memorized all five books, you know, that Moses wrote. Still, they didn't recognize the word of God standing before them, doing God's will, and fulfilling hundreds of prophecies. Had these religious leaders truly known God? Had they opened hearts to what God wanted They would have recognized Jesus and become a part of God's plan. But they weren't interested. They hardened their hearts and missed out. Unless we know God and have open hearts to him, we can miss out as well. The church, the body of Christ, hasn't done too well at times, has it? We get caught up in someone's good ideas instead of discerning what God's idea is for us as individuals and as a fellowship and if we pursue something other than god's will no matter how great it sounds it leads us away from god's blessing god didn't allow jesus didn't allow this to happen he only did the father's will each of us has our own understanding of scripture don't we now we all we all think we know it all don't we Please don't be offended, but there's a good chance that some of us have got it wrong. Because none of us knows everything, do we? I've not come here to straighten out your doctrine, by the way, because God's working on mine. Because each of us have our own personalities. We've been influenced by our own upbringing. The teaching of different ministers over the years. Our denominational teaching as well as my positive or negative experiences. The Lord revealed to me a long time ago that uh, when we get to heaven, God's going to sort all our doctrines out. And it's going to happen, isn't it? We don't know it all, do we? And, uh, and I'm sure I could probably stir up an argument here if I wanted to by saying certain things that might affect one person or another. Certain things are absolutely clear in Scripture, aren't they? that we can be assured of who jesus is god come in the flesh died on the cross for our sins and rose again on the third day and is coming again in the last days for all those who believe there is no other name or way that we can be saved but through jesus christ not by going to church not by being a member but just being a believer in what jesus has accomplished The more our society has moved away from faith in God and his word, the more it and even some church leaders have become deceived and now condone things the Bible calls sin. It's real been discouraging that some people, when I first came over here many years ago, then some uh, evangelical leaders that were really right in there encouraging the church and stirring up the, uh, the church to activity, Now they've turned away from God. Now they're preaching things that are totally against the word of God regarding homosexuality and all kinds of other things. Well, we must always respond with compassion and understanding. We must never give in to those things that violate God's word, no matter how much others try to manipulate or intimidate us. Until the cows come home and the Lord returns, there will be discussions Even heated arguments about certain things that don't affect our salvation or relationship with God. These may include the religious leader's initial problem with Jesus working on the Sabbath. Or it may be tithing that stirs up some people. Or it could be women in leadership. Or maybe how often we have communion. I have one friend that, you know, that thinks it's you only do it at a certain time there's other people that do it all the time and and i know there's certain churches i've ministered in they won't let me do communion because i'm not of their denomination so there's you know we could have debates can't we but those are things that we could discuss because they don't have anything to do with our salvation and yet the religious leaders you know were all upset about jesus because he wasn't doing Things according to what they thought was right and they had written all kinds of rules and regulations that they expected everybody to fulfill that weren't in the word this is why we need to be people of god's word we need to be in the word so that when anybody comes up here and you should when you have so anybody get up here no matter how well you know them or how well they're known just check them out You know, the Berean church were more noble because they checked out everything that Paul and the other apostles preached. They went to the Word. They said, they're saying this, but is it in the Word? The key is that we love God and are teachable, are founded on the Bible and led by the Holy Spirit, not gullible or deceived by those peddling false doctrine. This is why it's essential we do what that God asks us to do in Deuteronomy 6 and elsewhere in his word. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Or as Apostle Paul encourages us through Colossians 3:16 and 17, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. As we abide in Jesus and his word, God will reveal himself more, protect us from deception, comfort and encourage us, as well as convict us when we need it. You know, we all need to be convicted at times, don't we? I'm constantly convicted in the word. I'm reading it and no condemnation there's no condemnation from god but conviction as we read the word we need to allow god to convict us when we need it because as we do get in the word and let it richly dwell in us we will grow in maturity and have the life and hope to share with whomever god leads our way So how do these verses apply to you and me today? First of all, as Jesus wasn't concerned whether the religious leaders liked him or or approved of his ministry, our concern shouldn't be what others think about us, but what God does. Our thought should be, what does God think about us? He loves us, doesn't he? But an everlasting love. And we blow it at times, don't we? We're not perfect. But when we confess our sins, and he forgives us and cleanses us from all sin, doesn't he? We must not let the fear of what others think become a trap. You know, especially when you have a family member or something else, and, you know, we must not let them, the fear of them, paralyze us from being the witness God wants us to be when we are right with God doing his will he will make us right with others enabling us to be wise loving and godly witnesses first don't let the fear of man trap you secondly we don't know it all and never will in this life So we should love God, walk in humility, and be teachable. We must guard against error, but be willing to listen to others' perspective on things that don't matter. If we honestly listen to others, even when we believe they're wrong, it may encourage them to listen to the truth and change. Unfortunately, the religious leaders at that time closed their hearts, as do many today. In one of my churches in Edinburgh, had a young lady that came along and she came along for a more conservative uh baptist church and after almost every one of my sermons she as was greeting people as they went she'd say you steve you're wrong and i'd try to talk no you're wrong it's wrong but i knew that she would go home and think about it so the next sunday she'd come up you were right you know and sometimes we, we close our hearts to listening to people, even when we know they're wrong. You know I've had good conversations with Muslims and Buddhists and other people. And you know, just letting people listening, listening, giving somebody a chance to share their heart, lets them know we value them. Now I, now I there's one group I don't listen to anymore if i if the Lord shows me to, I will, but when Jehovah's witnesses come to my door, I just tell them I already believe if i but there are times if I think somebody's open, then I will talk to them. There was one time two uh uh Mormon elders. these were girls. I'd seen two girls uh Mormons before. And they wanted witness, but I had another appointment, so I said, "Look, come back," and I made an appointment with them. Let me have some of the material you're handing out, and come back. So we arranged for a time, and they came back. Meanwhile, I looked, I read all their material, and I thought, "Oh, this gives me a lot of good ammunition." So, uh, and they came back, and I let them talk, and then I just using their own material talked to them how. It couldn't possibly be right and pointed them to the scripture. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it made any difference in their lives. But the thing is that, you know, sometimes just taking the time to listen to somebody and, and then sharing, sharing what, uh, what God has done in your life. And sometimes through that, just somebody knowing that you're willing to listen might then enable you to plant a seed. You know, it didn't, Jesus, it didn't work for the religious leaders at the times, but there are people that are hungry and they just want to know somebody will listen so that then we can speak into their lives. And finally, saturate yourself daily in God's word. Have some kind of daily reading plan that keeps you in the Bible and prayer. You know, we we need God's word. You know, we don't know how long we're going to be able to have the Bible. And you think, well, that's not happening. I was just reading uh, yesterday, I think it was, where uh, now China has uh, prevented the Chinese Christians from, uh, or they stopped these apps for Christian Bibles on their phones so they can't get these apps anymore. They're not allowed to have them. And uh, they've restricted the amount of Bibles. Bibles that can only be, legally, can only be printed in China. And, uh, you know, they're they're cutting out things. And, uh, you know, it's happening. You know, different things are happening in this country, little bit by little bit. Where, you know, even somebody, a Christian, that makes something, a personal comment about what the Bible says about marriage not condemning anybody but just saying what the Bible says about marriage you know they're being thrown out of their university place or, uh, or lose their job you know we, we need to be people of the word and then let the word fill us change us bring us into maturity and, and motivate us to prayer for our friends and family and others the Bible reveals who God is, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as well as recording his amazing promises and authority to those who believe and receive. You know, when we read the word, it reminds us of the authority we have. Not just the responsibility for God and to reach others, but the authority that we have to pray against sickness, to pray against the, you know, the principalities and powers of darkness. And out of this, then he gives us life to share with others. It's God's thoughts about us that matters. His word, the Bible, reveals the truth about Jesus. In them and in him, we have salvation, forgiveness, and life for ourselves and for others. May we focus on the Lord and what he wants, and let the words of Jesus dwell in us richly. And as we do, our lives will become a living and powerful witness to others.